Hi guys, I'm Dr. Rochelle Haynes and thank you for joining our brand new podcast, Remotely Speaking. This podcast is where we sound off on all things remote work. I'm especially passionate about two things, having a good work experience and traveling the world. So join myself and our experts as we talk about how we can work better remotely, how your business can better enhance remote working, and how countries can better attract digital nomads. To find out more about our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Remotely Speaking Up. Stay tuned for more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Remotely Speaking. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for sticking around to listen to our podcast, which is all about remote work, digital transformation, and how to attract digital nomads. Here today, we have Mr. Dwayne Brown, an expert in the area of marketing technology and data-driven, improving your experiences through data. And he's here to tell us more about remote leadership in this episode. And this is following on from our episode on embracing a digital culture. Dwayne, his background is, he's from Barbados originally, but he works within the UK. So he's going to tell us a bit more about himself, but he, he has a lot of experience to bring from across different regions as well. So Dwayne, thank you for joining us and welcome no to problem. our podcast. No problem. Happy to be here. Excellent. So can you tell us a bit more about yourself, like what you do and also your working model? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say um, I've, you know, I've doubled and bounced around in different roles, you know, last 13 years or so. Um, now, um, I think what I do is like at the intersection between um, design, data, technology. Um, so a lot of like the engagements um, that I work on is around like you know, powering some kind of you know, experience in somebody's hand with data behind it. And, and now obviously that data needs to come from some kind of technology. Um, and um, yeah, that's becoming increasingly more complex and more critical to businesses. So we found that this little niche area where, you know, me and my merry band of men and women, <laughs> we just kind of, you know, help, help various different companies do that. Okay, so can you tell us about some of the companies that you've worked with and what would that type of work look like in those companies? Um, so like I say, um, so I, I spend a lot of time like working with a lot of the media companies. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of my, my first gigs came from like BBC and Channel 4. Yeah. Um, I did some work in the Nordic, so it's Sonoma, uh, which is like the equivalent. It's like, the, like, like you know, Channel 4 merged with The Guardian. Um, yeah. And like for them, they they you know they've all had to respond to Netflix and Amazon Prime's a lot of what they call the over the top players, OTT players. Yeah. And um and a lot of them responded with um, data transformation. You know, they've they've they had to change the way they use data, extracted value from data, um, to you know recommend new content to keep the people there for longer if they were advertiser or to send personalized emails and stuff to keep people more interested, things like that, right? Yeah. Um, so my team is often called in to build those like middle bits of, of, of technology that have got data. So it's like, you know, three different Virgil versions of, of, of Dr. Rochelle Haynes. Um, you <laughs> might have a subscription with like, the magazine and you might have a subscription with like the, you know, the online player and, you know, and they need to merge you into one person and yeah. then they like, send you relevant, you know, content and emails and what's not. Um, yeah. So they call it single, 
customer view. Ah, I've heard okay. that term before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's fascinating. I've, I've learned something new already. <laughs> yeah. and, and do I have it right that you and your team work primarily remotely? Is it that you're scattered across different regions or across different parts of the UK? And, and you're, what is your working model? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, whew, that's a, yeah, right now. So you've got like, I mean, well, like, you've got like, you got like Mohsin and Shafika there like in, in Pakistan and you've got like, um, You've got like uh, Ayo, he's in Nigeria. You've got, you know, you've got, you know, Ilya, they're, they're now uh, Ukraine. So, I mean, she's all scattered all over. And, um, and, uh, and it's been like that. So even when I, like, I worked for, so like, I worked at a, a company called Accenture for a while. And I mean, yeah. um, the, the Geo Dispersed teams I, I led there, I mean, they were, they were very similar, Mick, you mm -hmm. know, you know, there would be like, you know, lots of guys in, in, in Latvia. And then there'd be a team in, in um, you know, in London, and they'd be all kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. talking daily. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Okay, so our, our previous guest, he mentioned that his working model is a contingent model, where he works with, like yourself, persons that are dispersed across the globe. But some of those persons are all of those persons might be running their own company and then you come together to work on a project or it might be that that person those persons are your workforce and they work primarily for you so is your model similar in terms of do you have a contingent model where it is that you guys all come together to work on projects or so, um, are they all so full-time with you so up until i'd say up until very recently it's been yeah. it's been like Mary Band like Mary Band of guys they they they've all got their own thing and then we all teamed up to like like build out like you know the two projects the two major projects that we have that we've had to date you know yeah um, but I think no um I'm getting more like full timers so like, there yeah. more people like wanting to join like proper proper yeah um, um so it seems to be changing. I think it's yeah. always going to be a mix though, right? I think the yeah. way we planned it out, it would always be like, you know, maybe like a ratio of like two permies to every four, like, you know, yeah. non-permies. <laughs> I like that term. I've never heard that used before, permies versus non-permies. <laughs> All the time I was saying full-time versus independent, but okay, I like that. <laughs> I'm a trend. <laughs> so what is that like for you as, as, as you're, because you're a founder and director of um, your company, Verso Labs. What is it for you leading a remote team? What does that remote leadership look like? Okay, I mean, day-to-day -day it means like, I mean, you heard, I say herding cats always because you, you, you're, you're herding cats on the client side. Mm -hmm. You need to organize the client in such a way that they can, you know, the, the project could be as successful as it can be. But, yeah. um, and then, you know, you know, you know, hopefully you've got a team who's all aligned to a, to a kind of a common goal. So that, that part should be, should be easy, but yeah. um, you need to keep people excited though. Yeah. You know, you need to keep people in the game. Right. And I, I call it being engaged. Yeah. Um, so I just try to make like the day to day a bit, a bit fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, so like on this, on the daily, we do we do a mixture of um, like daily like video calls. It's what we call what we call like scrums. Yeah. Uh, or we do write-ins. So if you can't, so like I, I don't wanna I don't like to have like us like on the call every single day. Yeah. Um, because you know some people are, you know they got they need to juggle their clients. So it doesn't really work for them time zone wise. Various different reasons. Yeah. So, but we at least do write-ins if we can't if we can't 
if we can't do video calls, then we do writing. So we basically mm. say things like, you know, I'm not with you today or today I'm working on X or yesterday it was Y was blocked on Y, but no, I'm fine. Or today I'm blocked. Um, and then, you know, we kind of take it from there. So it's like managing that and connecting one guy who's really good at something but did it five months ago with another guy who's trying to crack that problem right now. That's often what I do. So it's like, oh, you should speak to Redma because he did, he solved this problem the last time he had it. Yeah. So you should set up a call with him. Like, yeah, it's like that. Yeah. I think you mentioned some really good points there. I think often the challenge I've found is, or when clients approach me, the main struggle is a common goal. How do you actually, you have, you might be working with five different people, as you said, they have their own projects, their own company, and you now have to come five contingent companies and align your goals um, to suit, as well as also make sure that they're engaged with your project as well as everything else that they're doing. So what are some of the challenges that you've had in that area? In terms of, in terms of on, on, on the client side, you mean? Yeah, yeah. in terms of that yeah. alignment and achieving that, that alignment and engagement that you speak of. Yeah, be be honest with you. I mean, I have been in more than one project where it didn't, it wasn't as successful because you had that, you know, and and like you know, we, you know, I think you know, you learn from your failures as much as you learn from your successes, right? Um, it's not better. And I think so. uh, You know, I I've been in situations where you know I was brought on to do a thing, um, and the client just wasn't ready. Because at the end of the day, right, you gotta remember this, right? Like, um, you know especially bigger brands so bigger brands often like go to you know you know they, they bring on freelancers or they bring they bring on like out, they're bringing outside talent yeah when they're just in, embarking on a thing it's not their yeah. core competency yeah it's just you know part of the transformation process or they just need to temporarily kind of like bring in that expertise often yeah. though they're not set up properly internally like the model okay. internally isn't set up for what that guy needs to do yeah or that lady yeah. Um, and you know, I, I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, well, good. They're coming with all the energy. Yeah, man. Like we kind of, yeah, let's, let's, let's organize and just do some wonderful stuff for some, for some, for the end user. And like, everyone looks at me like, okay, really? We need uh, to make videos. No one here is commit videos or oh, really, um, no one here understands how to get that particular type of data into this thing. Um, yeah. you know, so then all of a sudden the reality of, really doing this thing hits them and then you realize that you know the project's probably going to be a bit of a flop or you need to wait a much longer time yeah. to really get the result yeah um i've been in that more yeah more one occasion um and i then but then what you was a what you was a you know like a freelancer a remote freelancer however however whichever category you fall into what you need to do is you need to recognize that um you that that's where the herding of cats comes in right so yeah. you need to actually you know, get like everyone like organized, be really clear in terms of what they need to do, show them like examples from other places of how it really worked because some of these things are scary. Yeah. And then you start to get some momentum in, in, in those, especially those bigger pro- projects, right? Especially yeah. when it's like a new thing, like machine learning, yeah. you know, and it's all about <laughs> data, what's, what's going to mean for customers' data. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely foreign words to some. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes um, it's only when you jump into it, a lot of persons learn, as you said, by failing, by 
you're jumping into it, you have the experience, and only through having that difficulty with the experience, you realize what the problem is. And I yeah. remember when we did the um, research on the blended workforce, which is kind of what you're speaking about, that mixture of full-time, part-time, independent, that was one of the major issues that came up. That difference between the work expectations of, let's say, yourself as a freelancer versus the work expectations of the person that's hiring you. And sometimes you're seeing the project in one way and they're seeing the project in a completely different way, especially your role in the project as in a completely different way. So it's definitely not a straightforward process. Yeah. So what, what would your number one tip be in overcoming some of those things, given what you've learned from the experience? Um, well, I, I say to know when I take on a project, I often kind of step in and I ask what is the value case. Yeah. The reason why I'm doing that, so people are like, oh, this guy's all about the money. No, it's not that I'm all about the money. It's just I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, 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 who sponsored the project? Yeah. And, you know, is it likely to be picked up by other parts of the business because this, this is going to be like genuine hard benefit from doing the thing? Yeah. You know, is, this, is there going to be momentum behind it in other departments and not only look a really good idea that goes nowhere? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think like I'm, I, I tend to ask that question more now um, mm-hmm. before kind of like getting stuck in. Yeah. Um, so that's the, my kind of like my preventative security measure. But let's say I was, I wasn't that fortunate. Let's say I got brought in mm-hmm. like afterward or things that like it needs to be turned around. Yeah. Um, then, you know, I, 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 I always do like, like clear designs yeah. because you need to at least like let everyone know what it is that they've got to do. Clear mm-hmm. designs are not model. So I think like the role of a solution architect, which I believe is my, I would say that that's my, that's my trade, you know, mm-hmm. is to kind of clearly align what it is that we're building, like who needs to stand around it. Like, mm-hmm. and how they need to operate and how you do we integrate it back into the business because yeah. then that gets you into interesting conversations about oh really will i need to oh you mean you mean this guy over here isn't in my team anymore or well, you mean that we don't need to add this new set of work well that's additional work that we don't do today so it gets yeah. you into those conversations yeah and, and then it might be like the the, the project needs to pause or yeah. the project needs to be funded in a different way yeah. um or we need to engage a different part of the business. Yeah. Right. So, um, um, um I guess, you know, th- um, those are two things I would say, uh, are like extra security measures that I kind of put in place now just to make sure that we all talking about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's good. Yeah. I think, yeah, that just having that frontline clarity makes so much difference as opposed to waiting until you get to the end phase where it really matters and then finding all these things out. So, yeah, We've seen like there have been a lot of drivers of this type of work in terms of technological advancements, in terms of COVID-19. And we're seeing a lot of regions as well trying to ensure now that they're digitally ready and also that companies within their countries are digitally ready. So you've had experience of working both, let's say, within the UK context, working with global firms and working also in the Caribbean with Caribbean clients. And, and so what, if, what are some of the differences that you have found in remote, let's say, remote leadership working across those different regions? Um, working in the Caribbean is very different, man. I got to say, yeah. like, I mean, you would expect, right? I mean, different people, different regions and stuff like that, different cultures. Yeah. Um, um, I started my career, actually, uh, at a time when 
you could fly through all the different islands. Yeah. Like doing physical things, like physical servers or physical people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got to be honest with you, there's, there's some benefit to that, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, the politics, the who's who, you know, the things that make like small island nations grind, right? Like, yeah. you know, who do you know? Like, what that? You, 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 yeah. you get stuck into that and you probably yeah. are more successful or less, less successful, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, with, with, with those things. Um, I say no in this, in this remote digital virtual world. Um, you kind of need to hope that the, um, uh, that the, the vendor supplier, like the vendor owner, the person yeah. who's owning the agency relationship with you as yeah. a provider knows their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you've had a horror story there. <laughs> um, because if you do, if they don't, then mm-hmm. you you know, you you, you you let's just say you take really long to do the thing, or then or or you know you know you get to some of the scenarios that we described uh, mm-hmm. just now, you know where you know where it goes nowhere because you yeah. know they've had the wrong expectation of it, you know versus yeah. versus what you actually need to do. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I I say you know nothing beats a really good demo. Nothing good, yeah. good beats a really good, like, you know, showcasing or examples of what, of what other people are doing to get, yeah. you know, to get people excited. Um, yeah. um, and then, and then you get into the same types of conversations. So in a lot of ways, you're doing the same things, right? You just need to put in a little extra effort to, to show the art of the possible and then make people feel, um, make your sponsors feel more comfortable um, with what they need to do. Cause some of the, some of the stuff is scary, man. In, da- in, a da- in the data market world, it's like, you know, there's lots of stuff at risk and people don't, you know, some companies already, some companies yeah. had actually may have, may have not um, made, made, may not be aware that, you know, then they could use their data in, in the way that, you, that they can. You yeah. Know? Um, so, you know, yeah. So that's a really good point that you raised because I know a lot of companies when they think about remote working or hiring remote teams or persons that they've never met, data security is always a front and issue, um, um, data protection and so forth. So with your experience, especially in terms of people's receptiveness uh, to your working style, um, what have you found um, in that regard? And what would you advise to companies that are worried about um, those sort of elements when wanting to hire somebody remotely or independently. Well, um, uh, um, stop being informal, be formal. Yeah. 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 So, but I think like, you know, I say set up formal um, um, uh, engagements with your suppliers, with yeah. your remote suppliers, um, um, where you clearly spell out um, the ownership of intellectual property that you create through, through, through the project. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to be creating, you know, assets and bits of technology that are mm-hmm. your, in your IP, it mm-hmm. gives you competitive advantage in the region. Um, and, you know, you know, you get your NDAs, right? Yeah. Get your, get, you know, get, get the ownership of data and intellectual property built into those, in, built, get, get them written into those contracts. Yeah. That makes everyone just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Once you do that, then it's like, yep be good to go you you know and i know that at the end of this project that that belongs to you or that belongs to me and we kind of get out of the way and um where there may be a tendency to be 
a bit more informal in 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 yeah. in that in that region, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh uh, yeah, when you come do something for me, I mean, the, nothing nothing's written, and we just start to get working. Nah, cut that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 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 I and I got you know I've got examples of you know of, of, on both ends. Yeah. Right. So I say that that would be the thing that gets people more comfortable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's really important to have those procedures. I call them procedures and protocols. In our um, gig HR model, we call them gig tools. In our first room, we call them gig tools, which is okay. the protocols, your regulations, your procedures, actually mapping out what that work looks like and how it should be done, what that execution right. should look like. So I totally agree. That, that just gives more of a, a sense of security. Yeah. yeah. And what have you found? So, so let's say, because you've seen in the news, and I bring this up all the time because this is quite relevant. And, and I like how these topics blend together in terms of remote work and also the, the, the impact of that on digital transformation, but also companies and countries, I should say countries, that are now trying to draw remote workers to their shores. In doing that, there are a lot of concerns of legitimacy. There are a lot of concerns about tax regulations and so forth. What would you say to, to countries or let's say yourself being a remote worker, let's say with working within the Caribbean context, for example, yeah. do you see any sort of challenges or, or barriers in that area? I do, you know, I do. And I'm like, well, it was one, one of those things where like, um, it's ongoing research for me because like, yeah. um, um, I, I kind of, I kind of want to see how it plays out. Like I'm, I'm, um, very mindful of like, like, in terms of like working out tax urgency with various different freelancers right um yeah. and i think right now sometimes it's it's safer for us to all be contractors yeah just to make sure that you know at least from a from a legal standpoint like everyone is like everyone needs to be accountable where they're at so where yeah. you're living you need to sort your taxes out where you're living Absolutely. and yeah. whereas like when you when you get into like conversations about you know em, like being an employer um, um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into the spaghetti, like the skin, not just like straight spaghetti idea, you know, like those tangly spaghettis. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't really want to get into those. <laughs> <Tagliatelli. Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and maybe, and maybe that's me being a little bit of a coward, but, um, I just think it just, it makes it easier for us to focus on the work that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and just get cracking on with it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, think, I, I would say that's, that's, my, that's my two cents on that, on, that, on that one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of the openness as well to this model, like this has now become quite, I think people, as we said, going back to the reception, that people are not now a lot more open to it. Um, yeah. We'll probably see more of a rise in this type of working, but do you yeah. still see any sort of barriers in terms of persons or let's say, let's say executive managers um, yeah. and so forth. Do you see any barriers in terms of mindsets with adopting this type of remote leadership or teamwork style, global teamwork? All right. So you could, you can imagine that I've been in a number of conversations yeah. about on this topic for, for recently. Right. Um, uh, uh, my 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 current answer is that I could only answer with the matrix. Yes. All right. All right. So yeah. I think <laughs> it, so top of the matrix, big brands like global brands. Yeah. Like obviously, 
you know, they got nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. They've got brand equity, talent gravitates towards them anywhere. So mm-hmm. they can afford to say things like, you know, you can work remotely till 2021. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, and that will work, right? That will, yeah. that will check out. Um, big brands, you know, depending on where you are in the world, mm-hmm. um, probably don't have that luxury, actually. They would have made a significant investments in physical infrastructure, like all the ping pong tables in like Shoreditch. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and for them, like they're going to want to get the return on that investment, man. They want to be able to attract talent regardless. So I think like at the, at the earliest time that they can actually go back to being physical, they probably will, will do it. Yeah. Um, because they, they've only recently worked out how to attract talent again. So yeah. they're going to want to go back to that more. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think for them, uh, remote working might just be a contemporary thing yeah. for them, but only for that that category, right? Yeah. So you got one category who's fine with that; it's totally fine. And then there's another category who probably isn't. They just they just along for the ride for a time. Um, yeah. But then you get that middle tier, um, yeah. And they've been making they've been making use of freelance talent for ages, right? For yeah. as long as you could, and and that's been that's done wonders for. Um, for them remaining competitive, for them getting like really high quality services from various different you know, freelancers across the world, um, they're going to stick with that. So yeah. like freelancing is like remote working, freelancing is here to stay for that, that those like SMEs in various yeah. different countries and regions, yeah. right? And, um, and yeah, so I think, I think yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my current point of view on it. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that fair? Do you think it's fair? It makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. All right. And I would agree with a lot of that as well, because I've spoken to a lot of people. I have, um, in terms of research, some have said, well, we've released our office um, lease. We're no longer going to take our office lease. It's expired. We're not renewing it. This is our new model of working. And then other companies that are in the process of, okay, let's wrap this up, everybody. We expect you to be back at work by let's say September 1st so I've seen it on both sides Um, but one thing I really hope is that the the lessons that have been learned in the period about what's doable and what's possible haven't been lost as remote working it may not be suitable for everyone it may not be suitable for every team but one thing that this period has shown us is what our companies are capable of doing and the benefit that remote working can bring especially remote leadership where you're, you're benefiting from that expertise across the globe so i yeah. think that's that's really good if you were already adopting an agency model for running a part of capability yeah you're probably much more likely to continue doing making use of, of remote working and, and freelancers right yeah um, because you, in, in that instance you've got like a it's like a black box it's like i'm gonna ask it's not our core competency you know, you as an agency, you just provide the thing back to us as the, a, a high quality of that. Yeah. Thing. And, you know, wherever you source the, the staff from, that's, that's, that's fine. So if you're already, like, if you swallow that pill, mm-hmm. then it's easy for you to then, you know, continue doing it in whatever form. They don't necessarily need to be physical. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think in terms of um, countries that are trying to attract digital nomads and countries that are now trying to transform the way in which they do things, especially in terms of businesses to encourage a more remote working culture. What do you think of, of that in a minute? All right. I mean, I look, 
internet. Make sure the internet is legit. Um, <laughs> internet is legit. Um, but I, 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 I had the fortune of working um, as an engineer during the 3G times. When yeah. 3G was being introduced. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And, um, um, and, I, and, and like the, the four or five years after that was introduced, I know, I mean, uh, I did, speaking about Barbados, Jamaica, Trinidad, like expats galore were like coming to the country for different reasons. They were coming yeah. for construction, you yeah. know, you know, times are good, right? Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, you could get like 3G signal on some remote beaches. Yes. Right. So like, and it's seamless. It's seamless to like a yeah. traveler, but like, they realize, well, hang on, I could get an email on the beach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you could do that um, and it's seamless um, then, and it's easy, then, you know, it's, it's a no brainer for people to, to, to come and tell other people to come. Yeah, that's true. Right. And um, I think like, and, and some countries understand that some countries totally get that and they're, yeah. they're on that wavelength and others are more apprehensive um, and they and they and they've got like mm. they've got like um, you know other things on their mind. You know the, yeah. the byproducts of like doing 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 business. Second thing I would say is get services right because you know people Absolutely. who you know, who do these things. You know you know customer service is key. Not all of the countries I could think about a handful right now. Um, I've got that all sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this way, get like like yeah. really angry coffees. No, no, people don't. Oh want that. yes, I've been there. <laughs> Happy coffees, right? Um, uh, so yeah, I think they need to think about like services and customer service and customer satisfaction. I think like in general, mm -hmm. um, um, and I think this is for the Caribbean region in particular, but I'm sure it's applicable to other small island states and regions. Mm -hmm. um, you got to remember, like, you know, if you adopt, like, a user-centered view on things, yeah. you see, like, you'll start to get a lot of benefit because all of a sudden, customer service is going to be just, like, central to what you do. It's just going to be easy Absolutely. because you put yourself mm. in, in the shoes of the people that you're serving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, um, and then everything else, almost like you, if you take that as a, as a seed and then you work backward from there, then it becomes, yeah. it becomes easy. Yeah. Uh, um, but that's going to take a little bit of time to change. So I think for the for the first wave of remote workers yeah. to the islands, yeah. you know, the bear with our, you know, our angry baristas. <laughs> they're not all angry. Luckily, they're not all angry. <laughs> Just for the time. Some are angry, some are not. <laughs> but yeah. I've met some angry ones here too. <laughs> true, 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 yeah. true, true. No, that's, that's really interesting. What about in terms of, because um, one of the things I found in my research on digital nomads, because we went to um, different countries, different nomad hotspots, and we were speaking to, to digital nomads about what they look for um, in a remote working space or when they're traveling to a country. Um, and one of them said, well, I should say many of them said, um, communities. And that's one of the things we experienced as well, where we went to co-working centers and there were skills development workshops, there was a community of travelers and so forth, which helps with that lonely remote working experience. Yeah. What is your feeling about that? Is mm. that something that's important to you? Um, I say it's, it's, not, it's not that important to me. I, I wanna make sure that there's, I, there's lots of fun things to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think and it's linked to communities because, you know, if there's, you know, if, if, if there's a community of people who like, like, you know, you know, like live music or, you know, you know, extracurricular activities, being able to windsurf or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
then you usually get communities around that. So um, I think the the two are related. Yeah. But I would I would I'm I'm more keen on just like yeah, you know, are are they are can I get different types of food? Can I get different types of can I do different types of activities? Mm-hmm. Those are the things I'm looking for when I'm when I'm picking yeah. some place to to chill yeah. and work. To be totally honest with you, um, for me my communities are more um, uh, and that's because of the nature of what I what we do. Um, mm-hmm. My community is more to to it's more important with regards to solving problems yeah so like for for in the in the data industry you know everybody wants to know for example how does netflix do recommendations well mm-hmm. there's a community of people who who's tried to solve that problem um and then you could kind of like tap them up for that information so they don't necessarily need to be physical yeah. you know they don't need to be, need to yeah. be physically based anywhere but so, so that's just that's just my that's my that's my, that's my, that's my, that's my particular circumstance though so it's more from a work perspective rather than let's say uh you, the personal perspective yeah 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 that's right now it kind of reminds me of what you were saying earlier about having that engagement also in your remote working teams when you're leading your teams as well just to yeah, make sure right. teams have what they want so what would you say um this is my final question to you before you tell me your travel story <laughs> um which i can't wait to hear by the way um <laughs> What would you say are some key best practices in leading a globally dispersed team or remote team? Um, I say um, uh, video briefs. Yeah. As awkward as they make you feel. Yeah. They're really key. Yeah. Right? You, you know, you work in different time zones. You wanna you want to give people information that they can refer to constantly. Yeah. Um, do that. Um, architecture that blends, for what I do anyway, architecture yeah. that blends um, um, visual, so design and technology, so yeah. that people know what why they're building something and how what they're building links into, you know, the system or the tool or whatever they're 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 working on. Yeah. Um, um, I'd say. Make sure that you've got your your the the task like, kind of like broken down into like plain language. Yeah. But for like for like things for reasons that you don't really think about, like not everyone English isn't everyone's like yeah. you know main language, right? So you know people sometimes they take the task and they get it translated and then they work out what it is. So mm-hmm. when you, when you when you speak in gobbledygook terms, <laughs> it's harder for them to do yeah. that. <laughs> Just like simple things. Yeah. Um, um, cause um, for me and those three things kind of like represent making sure that everyone understands what it is that they've got to do. I spend, um, a lot of time making sure that everyone understands what it is that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I say the bulk that I, I, a lot of the time yeah. I spend on that. Um, so, so, so apart from, from that, so if you put out of one side, it's called that one thing. Um, yeah. I just think in, and then in the way that you make things fun. Um, just remember, like you know, you know, we all got other engagements. Uh, we all got other ways of getting business. Um, when when you when you're not a full time employee, like a permie, mm. for you know, you know, they don't have to work for you. Yeah. Make it fun, man. Make yeah. it fun. What what we're doing, right? Um, make it fun and 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 be and be and be 
and, and be and be thankful. Just let them know that yeah. you appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. You know, because we you know we don't we don't have to. There's nothing. Just they're not glued to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, I say. I mean, there are lots of other things, but I'd say, yeah, make sure they understand what, what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and 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 um, show appreciation. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I I say those things are the things that come to me right now. Yeah, as you put me on the spot. <laughs> <You're> welcome. <laughs> but I totally agree. Um, recognition and reward it always comes as a big thing in the research we did as well. Recognition. A lot of the um, digital nomads we spoke to, um, they said that they would have done outstanding work, and the work is highly recognized for the company. So, for example, the client gets the credit for their work, but the digital nomad is not acknowledged at all. Yeah, boy. And yeah. that was a real sore point for a lot of uh, yeah, freelancers yeah. in that area because it also affects the, their long-term outcomes as well. If you're not getting the recognition for the work, you're not getting the, the referrals, you're not getting that pay forward or ability to market yourself as well. Yeah, and, and the, this, is, this is a really good point. Um, mm. some, uh, some supplier managers, so some mm. agency managers, um, get really upset with their agency um, try giving them some visibility, man. You yeah. know, try like you know, try showing appreciation. Like you might get a completely different, a more productive. Absolutely. Team. You yeah. know, yeah. Try that. No, I totally agree. Well, thank you for that. That was really <laughs> informative. I, I love the examples you provided, and I love that you are so deep into this space. You have the experience of freelancing you have the experience of of leading a company leading a team but also being on the other end of that as well being a part of a team so it's really brilliant and then that global experience that's going to make a lot of difference to our listeners as well um so just to wrap up our session before we go please what is your funniest travel story oh my gosh man (laughs) all right so look i think there's look as you can imagine, right? Oh, as an engineer, yeah. flying all over the Caribbean, different islands, getting all different sh- shenanigans. But I think the one that is <laughs> sticking out to me right now is the one that happened most recently. So, yeah. um, so I, um, I'm going to my, I'm going to my wedding. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Going to my wedding, and um, I'm flying. I got to fly to the south of Italy for my wedding. Okay. Yeah. My wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sleep. I sleep. I slept at the airport. Okay. Okay. Just to make absolutely sure, I'm gonna get this flight. Eh? Six yeah. o'clock in the morning. I check in. I go everything. I go straight to security. Sat down and they had breakfast. All right. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, we got time, man. We got time, man. I did. I like, grab a coffee. You know, yeah. saw you know, saw the, the 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 status change to like flight boarding. I was like, well, flight boarding, but we on this side, if they needed us, they'll call us. They'll, they'll put, like, you know, they'll put the, the QL. Yeah. Um, didn't think anything about it. Just for, for, I don't even know why I didn't think anything about it, actually. Yeah. Anyhow, got up. I was like, all right, flight boarding? Flight closing? Nah. So, like, we run. Like, we, like, <laughs> run. Then we realized, oh, no, actually, it's not in this terminal. It's in another terminal. Like, oh, my gosh. Train, get on a train to get this other terminal. Get to the booth, and the man was like, Uh, that flight is long pushed off, mate. You gotta go to the Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like, is funny. Are, you slept in the airport. 
<laughs> How do you miss a flight when you slept in the airport? <laughs> Not to rub it in or anything like that. <laughs> That's a bit of a, my apologies, but congratulations on your wedding. <laughs> I got there in the end, though. I got there in the end, though. You got there. Did you have to take a, a flight the, ne the next day? No, same day. Same day. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, we managed, I mean, this is like, this sounds like the before times now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's true. <laughs> but yeah, like we, uh, we just managed to, we just went to another airport and yeah. just we got a flight down. Yeah. Oh. It worked out in the end. I got lucky. Count your blessings. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that with us. And congratulations again on your nuptials. Thank <laughs> you. Thank well, that brings us to the end of our session. So thank you so much, Dwayne, for joining us. Thank you for the experience that you shared with us. Um, thank you, listeners, as well, for joining us again. This is Dwayne Brown from Versal Labs. He is a solutions and data-driven architect and he, is, he was here to tell us about how to lead a remote team. So that was a really good session. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best. No doubt we'll be in touch again. Indeed. So take care for now. Thank and you. you as well. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast series. To find out more, follow us at Remotely Speaking Up on Instagram or go to www.crowdpotential.co.uk for our services. Until next time.